When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The way. We want it men. Welcome to episode 11 of the Smuggler's Galaxy podcast. Joining me, broadcasting live from the privy of the Razor Crest, is Jason Wasoko. Jason, how you doing, man? Good, and it's a refresher up until this past episode of The Mandalorian. I don't know why they changed things, but yeah, I'm in the privy, the refresher, whatever you want to call it. How's your week going, man? Good. Did you know they changed, like it used to be called the refresher. Yeah, I thought it was kind of funny when they called it the privy. My wife looked at me and was like, what's a privy? And I said, you've never been to Ren Fair? But in all the expanded novels, it was refresher. I don't know. It's funny. I'm doing great. How are you? I am good. But yeah, yeah. And then even at uh, Galaxy's Edge, it's called the refresher. I'm doing good, man. I had a, had a pretty good week. I've been playing uh, Squadrons. I'm still trying to get good at it. I, I don't know why I bought that game because I suck at flying games. But uh, it definitely, it forces you to learn. Because uh, before you even try going into uh, doing any of the uh, online stuff, it warns you. It's like, please play the the ep- epilogue and and play through uh, the missions before you even try online. And it definitely it helps you out. Try to learn how to fly. And I still suck at it, but I'm getting a little bit better. Yeah, that's my least favorite part of Battlefront Two is the flying part, just because you don't know where the horizon is, and I just get so dizzy and backwards, and I'm just not good with that. Once I bought it, I was sort of like, why the hell did I buy this game? It's still a fun game to do. And, and you keep, I'm at the point now where they keep talking about General Sandula. So I'm like, I know she's in the game, but I keep waiting to see her because I'm just, I'm, yeah, I, I've had a really cool uh, experience with, with uh, a Hera figure that I'm going to save till I get it. I don't want to jinx it till that oh. figure gets here. Yeah. Ooh. It's, it, it's going to be a cool story when it gets here. But uh, that's incredible. That's a, uh... If it's what I think it is, it's been a long time in the making. Ah, uh, yes, it is. <laughs> so uh, I'll have an incredible once. I don't want to jinx it till I get it in in my hands. Yep. But that hopefully yep. I'll have it by ne- the the time we record uh, next week. Right. Just to, since we're talking about just pickups and, and crap this week, I went to a. Uh, uh, it's called Copper Hill, Tennessee. It's sort of on the on the border. It's kind of funny because it's on the border of Georgia and Tennessee, so they've got a a border running through the town. Oh yeah, I've been there. Yeah, it's a cool little town. There's a couple of breweries. We, uh, my in-laws have a house up in Helen, and so we'll we'll go up there and and we'll day trip to breweries and and drink and then come home, and you know hit hit um, antique malls and stuff and yeah. oddity shops and uh, while we're up there, try to find some stuff. And I was at one and I looked up on the wall and there's like a a folk art Yoda uh, painting of like a, a sixteen by twenty or something. And, uh, you know, it was $20 and I'm like, I'm not going to let that Yoda sit there for $20 cause it was done, done very well. And then when you turn it over, it says two, it says Nessie Yoda one for me, Y O D A <laughs> love Tiffany. And then it's dated eight of zero zero. So eight of 2000. And, you know, I'm like, who are these people and are they still together? I guess they're not. If the art is sitting in a, you know, but, you know, it's just a cool little piece, and I love finding the folk art stuff and the ceramic stuff and stuff with, with meaning to it and stuff where people wrote, you know, have Merry Christmas, Happy Birthday, and signed it and, you know, uh, you know, and dated it and stuff. So it's just a cool piece. Yeah, definitely. I guess Tiffany got the uh, Yoda painting in the divorce and then decided she didn't want it anymore. Probably. That, that's what yeah. I'm going to assume. I'll make up yeah. some kind of weird story to go with it. 
But it's always cool to get those unique one of the kind pieces. Yeah, it definitely is. It, it's yeah. a cool piece. I'm going to, uh, I'll post it up tomorrow, the next day on the, so people can see it. Cool. My week was kind of quiet this week, which is good because I've been picking up a lot lately. The only thing I really got was the Mandalorian uh, ornament and then the child ornament from Hallmark. They have a lot of good, a lot of good ornaments this year at Hallmark, but those are the only two I got. And the, the child was, I think the second to last one in the store. So I'm glad I got that early. Yeah, that's a cool ornament. That that ornament is freaking huge compared to the other Hallmark ornaments. Yeah, it's not to scale, which is the weird thing about those ornaments is you'll get a BB-8 the same size as Darth Vader. It's just weird on a tree. I collect those, and uh, there's a there was a store near me that was going out of business, and I just I walked in there because I knew they they always sell their display cases, and they were selling like a little spinny rack. Mm-hmm. It's probably four or five feet tall, but it's like a foot square. And it's a little spinny rack, and I put all my ornaments on there so it, they can stay up all year round because the wife was getting aggravated with me stealing the Christmas tree every year. And I, yeah. was getting, you know, I was getting aggravated with not being able to display them year round because you spend a lot of freaking money on those things. Yeah, I bought a tree for my ornaments last year, and I'm going to have to put it in a place. Because where I had it last year, it was kind of obscure from where I sit and watch TV. So I'm going to move that around this year so I can see it. But yeah, you definitely need your own tree for all the Hallmark ornaments we've collected over the years. I always tell my wife, you know, when I, when those come out, it's it's like a two $300 bill every year on, on the, uh, the ornaments. And I kind of pick through them. And, I, you know, you've kind of learned which ones are going to be popular and which ones aren't by what's yeah. sitting on the shelf. So I like gambling. I'll gamble, and uh, at least the ones up here, they'll do a fifty percent off sale at the like, on the twenty sixth, so you can go yep. pick them up for dirt cheap. Yeah, I usually get one a year. I missed out on the speeder bike with the biker scout. That that one I regret not getting, but I try to get one a year this year because it's the Mandalorian and the child. I decided to get two, and we'll see what I can get. Like you said, on the twenty sixth after everything goes on clearance. Yeah, have you seen the ones they uh, they finished them off last year, but they were all the ships from a new hope. And when you hit one of them, they all interact with each other and no. basically play through a new hope. It's a, it's annoying in the first couple of times you're like, yeah, that's awesome. It gets annoying. Cause it takes about 20 minutes, 15 to 20 minutes to go through it all. But you know, the ships will talk and it, it's got real dialogue from the movie. So the, those are, those are cool. Right? But yeah. uh, they did it over the last couple of years and uh, they just did a Harry Potter run of those. So now everybody's done with, Star Wars, they got to do Harry Potter if they, you know, are into those. I haven't seen those. Maybe I'll Google that after this and, and check that out. Yeah, it, it's pretty cool. I've got them. They came out with a wreath that's all lit up and stuff, and uh, they're sitting on my wall. That's awesome. I'll have yeah. to check that out next time I'm over there. Yeah, actually, you, you just Google it because they're not, they don't sell them anymore. They, yeah. finished the, they finished it off last year and got rid of them all. But they, uh, they go along with the Death Star, the Death Star tree chop, topper. It kind of... Yep goes along with all that stuff pretty cool yeah that i do know and that i wanted but i didn't i didn't get that yeah i should i had the opportunity to buy one for like it was like 50 60 bucks and i just couldn't pull the trigger on it and what really stunk is my wife's there poking me telling me to buy it and i just i didn't pull the trigger because i didn't know what you know yeah i was just like ah and yeah i regret doing it not doing it yeah Mando Mondays, what have they released this week? Yeah, so they released the Mandalorian Black Series helmet, the full-scale helmet, which is pretty cool. Um, I didn't pick that up. Are you going to get that? I've actually made a logical decision. Now I sound like Star Trek. I've come to the conclusion. It's not logical. <laughs> it's not logical, but uh, instead of buying the, the, the Hasbro helmets or buying the, the cost, the play helmets i'm gonna invest in a official mandalorian bucket that i'm uh there's a guy out in stone mountain called lone lone wolf and he does the mandalorian stuff so i'm gonna get him to i have enough to to at least buy a plane bucket but once i started doing the research and you're like you got to buy you know 50 to 100 worth of tools and then yeah. you're probably buying that and paint and brushes so you're in it to, you know, $100, $120 for the bucket, and then you're in it for probably another 100 to $200 for the, the materials to do it, um, that I'm just going to get him to paint it up. So it, it's going to end up running me probably about 500 bucks, but it, it's going to look look awesome. And I plan on doing, at least doing a Clan Wren motif on it. I'm not sure of the colors yet, but I, I've always loved Sabine's helmet. Uh, and then when rewatching Rebels, you know, you're catching all the little things, 
And when I saw all of her clan come up and I saw they actually had male Mandos with that painted on their helmet, I was like, ta-da, you know, oh, yeah, that's, so, that's it. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm going to do. So it, it'll take me, it'll, it'll be first of next year before I can order it. And then it takes a couple of months for them to paint it up. But, and I've, it's one of those, I've been kicking that can down the road since before, you know, probably four or five years. Yeah. And it's just, it's time to get going on that. Yeah, definitely. No better time than today. Exactly. But the other thing they released for Mando Monday was the Remnant Stormtrooper. It's kind of similar to the one they've already released, but this one had an updated deco to make him look like he's has seen better days. Um, I missed out on that because I was working at released at four o'clock, but it's supposed to come out November 29th. So I plan on going to Target first thing in the morning and picking that up. Are those Target runs first thing in the morning are fun. You can meet other collectors there. Yeah, I've actually, I've met a, made a couple of good contacts. Just you, you walk up and they're like, oh, you're that guy. And yeah, and you know, you end up shooting the shit for a few minutes while you're waiting the target to open. And uh, yeah, it's fun. Plus it's old school, man. I, 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 I like, yeah. you know, it's bittersweet ordering online because it's simple, but I like going to a store. I like the old school hunt. There's one guy I met on Force Friday one morning who was part of our group and we were chatting for a while there. So that was good to meet someone you know, outside of a meet, outside of a meetup um, and meeting them in the real world and talking Star Wars. But I always play the game uh, Hot Wheels or Star Wars when I'm waiting those lines. And you can never tell which one is which. You don't know if they're waiting for Hot Wheels or Star Wars or maybe Marvel Legends or whatever. So inside my head, as I sit there and wait for the doors to open, that's what that's the game I'm playing. I love that Hot Wheels or Star Wars because it is true that the Hot Wheels guys are just as crazy as we are. Yeah, they are. Good company. <laughs> yeah. And, and, but, you know, they're an older crowd. So if you see somebody in like their 60s or 70s, you can, that's a Hot Wheels guy. Yep. Yep. Definitely. It's not a younger group. Right. It, um, but uh, have and you it, seen? Go ahead. No, I was just going to continue on with their triple. I don't know what it was called. Triple play or something like that on Friday. They announced a couple more figures. Is that the uh, the six inch? The Which ones are those? Is that the Marth Gideon? Marth Gideon? No, that, that was Asajj Ventress. Oh yeah, go yes, that bad boy. And Her. then two, of, yeah, two of the Bad Batch and Black Series Crosshair and uh, Hunter. Right, Hunter's the the '80s straight out of an '80s action movie guy, right? Yes, I think so. Yeah. And then the Vintage Collection, they released uh, Zutton, who's better known as Red Snaggletooth. That one I think is going to be pretty cool because you're going to have a lot of old school guys that are going to want to collect him. Yeah, the, everyone loves picking up those cards. They're trying to replicate the, the first 92 as they release these figures. So that's just another one that they've marked off. Um, they did the Power Droid this year. I'm trying to remember what else they did. But they're trying to do, redo all of those in an updated style and, and um, uh, articulation. You know, you're picking and choosing your battles, and that's a battle I just don't want to even start. Yeah, I mean, I'm 100 figures in, and it's like, why stop now? <laughs> yeah that's like me and pops it's like uh you you you've picked a couple you're gonna stick with because you, you're already there and you might as well just keep going Although, and, and this will never come to that but i've debated in my head you know if i had to scale down my collection what would i keep what would i get rid of the vintage collection and the black series would probably be the two things besides any of the vintage vintage stuff the original kenner stuff i'd probably get rid of i'd get rid of everything else that i have if i had to yeah, I hate having those thoughts in your head where you're like, if it, if, the, if it hits the fan, what can I do? Yeah, what goes first? So have you seen any uh the rumors as far as the Moth Gideon, the crawl, Cole, and Quill. Krill, and the uh, yeah. Grief, Grief Karga? Grief Karga, yeah, I love, yes, I loved Gideon. Um, whenever he comes on screen, I always just, I, I love it. I, like I always say, he's chewing up this the scene and... um. I can't wait to get that figure. Quill looks awesome. It looks like he just hopped out of the show. Um, the likeness is pretty cool on that, that one. And then Grief Cargo I'll get just because I get them all. Right. <laughs> you got to be a completist. Got to catch them all. Yeah. Pokemon. But the cool thing about that Moth Gideon, man, I just want that for the freaking Darksaber. That'll be the first time in a six-inch scale that we're getting. The Darksaber, they've released so many Mandalorians. I'm sure it's only a matter of time before we get... Bo-Katan and all of her crew and um, plenty of more Mandalorians. So it's cool to finally have that Darksaber that you can pass along from Mando to Mando. 
I was at a convention last year and um, I picked up one of the Mandalorian uh, ships full of Mandos and it had the, the pre Vizsla with the dark saber. And you don't realize it until you, I, I knew I was getting something cool, but until I rewatched Clone Wars and rewatched Rebels and everything, and you're like, okay, now I really get, now I really understand what I have. And it, it you know, just ups it a couple of levels. And that figure has actually increased in, in value over the past year or so because of the last episode of the first season of The Mandalorian. When you see that Darksaber, everyone's like, oh, I got to get that. And that was only available in that one figure for the longest time. I got the ship and the six Mandos for like 150 bucks. And, yeah. you know, I know that Darksaber has gone up. That's probably 50 to $60 just in that one Darksaber. Because everyone wants it. But now that it's coming out in vintage collection, I'm sure it's going to correct the market yeah that always i think i've heard a rumor that that's sort of what hasbro does when they see a figure that's sort of you know the the black market or the per second what, uh, third market or what's it called the, the collector, secondary market, secondary yeah, market. market. yeah secondary slash collector market starts yeah. getting crazy that's when they do the archive series and, and kind of helps balance that things out because i know they did that with the boba fett that's why i heard they did boba fett in the archive series because that figure was getting 60 70 80 bucks and they released a figure for 20 to kind of help that out. Yeah, um, th that makes sense because, you know, if there's demand, that means if they give supply, people are going to buy it, and it's a sure thing that, you know, it's not going to be a peg warmer. They'll be able to sell those things and clear them out, and, and people will want to buy it and be motivated to buy it because they would prefer to buy the $12 figure versus the $100 figure. Yep, well, especially if you're an opener, you're, you know, for 20 bucks, you can open that thing up and not feel guilty. Yeah. Definitely. But yeah, if I, if I pay over 50, 60 bucks for a figure, I, I'm probably not opening it, especially on the, the secondary collector market. I agree, you know, 100% with that. Uh, if I buy something for that cost, I'm not going to open it. The only, the only uh, exceptions I made is with the sale barge. And again, with the razor crest, I'll open that one, but I won't open the figures inside of it. Okay. Now, um, do you think, and I meant to ask you this last week, the, the Mandalorian and Beskar that they just released, do you think that's the same one they're going to release with the Razor Crest, or do you think there's going to be something unique to make it worth more money? Um, I think they're the same except for the, uh, the soft goods. The version with the Razor Crest comes with a soft cape just because when you sit them in the seat, the, the cape will get in the way if it's a hard plastic. Okay. Well, they, they did the same thing with the Yak Face or the uh, Jabba's yes. Sail Barge. That Yak Face came with a cup, though, which I know sounds ridiculous, but if you wanted an extra cup in your Sail Barge, you'd have to open that, yeah, that Yak Face. Right. And not many people, from what I know, because that Yak Face was uh, $100, and who's going to open a $100 figure just for an extra cup? Well, he's up to 300 now. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I saw on eBay, someone was already trying to sell some of the figures that came with the Razor Crest for a couple hundred bucks. Jesus. Yeah. I hate those guys on eBay that they're getting the pre-orders or they think they're going to get the order or whatever. And, and they're, they're selling them just because they, you know, as a whim or as a, uh, uh, I don't know what the. No, I get it. I mean, yeah. it's all that Dave Ramsey, you know, bullshit where <laughs> part of my French, I have some feelings about this, or, you know, the thing you love is more of a liability than an asset. So if you buy two and you sell it for a little bit more and then you, you know, supplement your collection by taking that money, that profit and applying it to what you just bought. You know, you're getting things at a discount, but you know, it screws us, the collectors, because, you know, I'm following, following you into the store and I'm buying, wanting to buy the thing that you just bought two of and I'm screwed. And if I want, I have to pay an extra five bucks to you. So I have a lot of feelings about that, but we'll, we'll save that for another discussion. I agree with that. But uh, I mean, that's sort of how I built my vintage collection was you'd buy a lot, but you you know, I would pass the deal on. So I wasn't trying to, you know, I was just trying to pay for the lot. So you buy a lot for two, $300 and then you'd keep the ones you want. And then you try to get your two, $300 back out of it. I'm 100% okay with it. If it's not something that you can buy on the, sh the shelf stores in a situation like that. I mean, yeah, that's part of the game now because you can't buy that any other way. Right. You're going to have to buy that from someone, but if it's in the store, um, even like the razor crest thing, I mean, they're just, it's, a, it's the same day that these things are going to be, it's the last day to, to buy it. And they're already trying to sell it for a couple hundred bucks. It's like, come on guys. 
Because I, I mean, that's sort of where Java Sail Barge is. It, it was like five, six hundred bucks direct, and now it's selling for you know twelve hundred dollars. Yeah, but you can't go on shelves to buy it anymore. So the only way you can get it is through someone else. So that is a little different in my mind. It's just it's the current stuff that I have a problem with when people try to flip that. Yeah, scalpers are, are a pain in the ass. Yeah, I have feelings, but we'll save that. Like I said. Otherwise, I'll get angry. <laughs> you don't want to see you angry, right? No. I'll turn green and turn into a cute little alien. And eat some eggs. Eat some eggs and a lobster and a, an octopus. and I'll eat your children. <laughs> so the, the, the biggest rumor, I think, out of the whole of everything is their yak face, I think, was was – hinting at a adult-sized Darksaber. That would be interesting. I would want to see how they do that. Right. Uh, you know, and because now that they're coming out with the newer ones, like the Palpatine Saber, the blade comes off. So the, yeah. the newer releases, the blade comes off of them, which would be cool. Yeah, that would be cool. But it's like, how do you make a glowing black stick? Is it like a black light with a black paint in the middle of it? $20 version, I can't see it much different than that. You have to agree with that. They, I guess they, they would just make it a bigger version or a more, uh, you know, adult-friendly version of, what, of that one. You can add some detail to the hilt and make it look more metalized because, this, I mean, this is obviously plastic, but I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I don't get those sabers, but the dark saber would be a game changer to the point where I think I might get that one. Cool. I've got I've got uh, Luke and and Darth Vader's one just because they kind of fell into my lap, uh, you know, for fairly cheap. But I, yeah. you know, I don't I don't hunt them out. But if I can get them for cheap, I pick them up. I have Darth Mauls, but I had that from before Hasbro was making these high end sabers. I forget who was making it before that. Master Replica. Yeah, so I have the the Darth Maul one, but I only have the one half. That's the one thing that I never liked about that Darth Maul is they should have just said, you know, okay, we're going to charge you for a saber and a half. So like, like, you know, a normal saber is $150. Maybe they'll charge you two or 275 or, yeah. you know, 250 or something for the whole saber instead of you have to buy two halves. Yeah. Cause even they, they do that at Disney too. Yeah. Well, that's why I didn't pick up another one. I only have the one. And then when you, when you put it all together, you're just, you're at six or seven feet for one light. Yeah. It's only cool at nighttime in your backyard. And then all your neighbors are looking at you weird. Like what is this guy flipping a lightsaber for? Well, they are, my neighbors already know I'm weird, so it's not too bad. You're not weird. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to think of what to say, but you know what? I'm going to shoot that down. <laughs> You're Star Wars normal. He already knows. My name, you know, it's funny because, you know, I'm sure you just like with you, you get people that hadn't been in your house and they see your collection for the first time and they're just, yeah, they don't know what to One think. Way. They don't know what to look at. They don't know what to think. It's like overwhelming. And then I love, because I have my collection set up like a, a toy store and so I have peg pegboard on the wall and then I have the, the rods that, that come out and all my figures sit on those rods and um and I have like the full like episode two collection, episode three collection. And so they're like I said, five deep and people will look at them and they're like, Are there more than one? Are there different ones? They think that I have like five of the same figure hanging on the shelf there. And it's like, no, move them. You can see they're all different. I, I dig the way you have your your setup. When when people do that and they they run with it and make it look like a toy store and Yeah. I wish I can lean heavily into that, but I'm limited on space. I think we all are, man. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I need a new house. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you can always do, I mean, we're talking about putting a separate garage on the house. Part of it is so that I can take the collection and like customize a, a room, but yeah. you know, that's five, five to 10 years down the road. And yeah. that's if yeah. the things keep going the way they're going, you know, because house, where I live home, I'm, I'm anyway, where I live home values have just skyrocketed. So my wife and I just keep looking at each other and are like, come on, keep going. So yeah. well, it's good to know because I'm not that far from here. So I'm not looking to sell, but you know, it's always good to have that equity. Equity is insane right now. People are screaming at us. They're, they want more Star Wars. They don't want to hear about equities. <laughs> so let's go to, uh, to Mando, man. What did, what did you think of episode 11? The Heiress, written by John Favreau and directed by Bryce Dallas Howard, who is the daughter of Ron Howard, who directed Solo and Willow. I liked it. I liked it a lot. I thought this was um, right up there with the first episode of the season. What would you think? I freaking 
I loved it. I thought it was a little bit better because of it was just so much Mando in there. The first one was sort of a throwback to the EU and it was just like one bone they threw you. Or there was a few bones, but yeah. you had to be really, really big in the EU to, to get it. And I even missed some of it because like the Pearl Dragon, the, the Pearl, the Dragon Pearl, I didn't get that. You know, and I, I understood Cobb Vance, but I didn't understand who he was. This, it, this one, if you watch Clone Wars and you watch Rebels, you got all the references. Yes. Yeah, it's like it rewarded you from uh, watching all that stuff. You finally see these characters live action. It's like, I don't know, in my head, I've always felt like the movies are like the number one thing. And then the, the animated series were just like nice and, and expanded universe stuff. But when you see them in live action, or at least when I saw Bo-Katan live action, it was just like, I don't know, the, the animated stuff suddenly became more real to me. Okay. I don't know why. I mean, maybe because it's it's basically a cartoon, and you would think that all the important stuff that happened to these characters happened in the movies, not the stuff that happened in between the movies. And so it's fun to watch, but I'm like, did this really happen? Because they've dismissed canon a couple times before. And when you see, like I said, Bo-Katan, there she is, and it's like, no, that really happened. All that stuff, you know, Satine and um, Obi-Wan Kenobi falling in love and Darth Maul um, invading Mandalore. It's, it all happened and it just made everything feel more real to me. I can understand where you're coming from from that because like like we talked about a couple episodes ago when they got rid of the EU and uh, you just had to deal with it. So yeah, I, I can see where you're coming from and, and I yeah. understand that. So it starts with the ship that we saw in the trailer just kind of limping through space heading for a planet and uh, the ship is about to crash land as he comes in hot, which I, I really thought was exciting. That was a really cool um, series of uh, scene right there because you I don't think we've ever really seen a ship really come in the atmosphere in Star Wars. Yeah. You know, you get to see it heating up and, and then you're like, oh, that's science. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it worked. And right, right at the last moment as he's about to turn things off, things go awry and he crashes into the water. And then we see a new AT vehicle pull him out, which I loved. I don't know if it was a repurposed AT-AT or if it was one that was designed that way, but it was definitely my wife. My wife loves AT-ATs. And when she saw that, she was like, look at that. And I think what you just said perfectly describes Star Wars. You don't know if it's new or if it's been modified, but it's there. And, and that when you see a, a vehicle like that, that's definitely 100% Star Wars. Exactly. Um, but that was cool. And I thought it was funny how, you know, it's like, all right, cool. He pulled this off. And then as soon as it, right before everything touches down, the engine blows up or gives, you know, sputters and flips him over and yeah. into the water. And it, it, it's sort of just, that's the Mandalorian. That's the whole feel of the whole episode where he finally gets his shit together and <laughs> something happens. Yeah, exactly. That's just how it's been going this season. That's been going that way the whole the whole series so yeah, far. Yeah. Yep. And then I loved seeing the Mon Calamari in a sweater, in waders, fishing waders. Like this is some sort of main fishing village on a just depressing day. Um, I love the whole aesthetic, the whole feel of the place. I love that there were squid heads there because um, Return of the Jedi I feel is the strongest movie with creatures and the uh, whole puppetry and all that stuff. So to see those two characters. Or the, the the species of those characters, I should say, just really, um, I love that. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed that, and I like how it was right out the gate. You see the Mon Calamari and uh, you know the squid heads, and you know they weren't messing around with it. It was all right. We're gonna do it, and we're gonna do it right out the gate. Yeah, yeah, no waiting around for that. And then we meet the husband of the frog lady, and I really liked the child watching the eggs. Like there goes my dinner. <laughs> He really was. And then Mandalorian is just like, I know you're hungry. And then they go to that, that uh, bar or diner or whatever that you want to call it. Yeah. You just, you see him get the soup and you're just like, dude, that's just disgusting. Yeah. The whole alien vibe come back, comes back when that yeah. thing sucks to baby Yoda's face. And the Mando just takes out his viral blade and hits it. And it's just back in the, the soup and he's eating. Right. And it's like, don't play with your food. We saw the we saw the calamari credits from the first episode of the the season season one um, when they're trying to give him money to pay for his bounty and there's the credits again. 
Yeah. What, what I want to, I want to kind of pause right here and, yeah. and I want to know how the hell does Mandalorian, how, how does he eat? If he's not taking his helmet off, you never see him eat. You never, never allude to him eating. It's like, how are you staying upright, dude? Because you don't drink anything. You're not, you know, what are you doing to eat? <laughs> he takes it off. You just can't take it off in front of anyone, even the child, because um, there was that one, I think it was last episode when he went to go take a nap with the child he didn't take his mask off because the child was there i think and in the first season he did take it off um when they were at that village he kind of took it off and put it on the, the the window so he can eat his dinner so he does take it off just people can't see him doing it okay that makes a little bit more sense because of the creed god i love that part too we'll get to that part yeah in a yeah <laughs> yeah so Squidhead, the uh, Mon Calamari makes him pay to get some information. And then a Squidhead's like, yeah, we'll help you. Then they go out on a fishing boat and um, they get double crossed. They want to feed their, they want to feed their monster in the, the bow of their ship or, or in the belly of their ship. And they also want the Mandalorian's Beskar armor. I think that part was important because you, you learn that not only is people after the child, they're after his Beskar, uh, you know, so he's got double or triple people attacking him. And yeah. they all want something different. And I want to back up for a second because when the Mandalorian's looking for help, the Squidhead says, and I wrote this down because I thought it was kind of um, afterwards, I thought it was a foreshadow of what might happen. But he says, I can take you to them, referring to the Mandalorians that you're looking for. And to me, that spoke a lot. It sounded a lot like when Yoda said, take you to him, I will, like talking about Yoda and he's playing a trick on Luke. Um, looking back on it, I'm like, oh, is this guy kind of, is John Favreau writing that line to kind of hint that this guy's going to betray the Mandalorian or he's not all that he seems to be? I love the way that John Favreau writes, so I, he could totally be foreshadowing. And we'll get to it in a minute, but he also writes a different way of applying this is the way in this se- this episode, which um, I thought was just masterful. The so. the the writing on this whole episode, I, I thought was was incredible. Um, I, not to jump ahead, but it's like this, the answers he gave, it was almost throwaway. You know, when, when you, when you, you know, we've been debating the helmet issue for two years and when we finally get it answered, it's a minute and it's a throwaway line. Yeah. You get the answer and Bo-Katan uses the phrase, this is the way as an insult. Like this is the way, the way she says it was just like so insulting to him. Like your way is pathetic. It was. She was like, it was like a F.U. Mando. So yeah, Bo- let's just jump right into Bo-Katan returning, flying in and kicking Squidhead ass. And she's got a friend who saves the child from the, the beast down there. And these are badass Mandalorians. Yeah. When I saw that helmet, I was just like, it's Bo-Katan. And yeah. it, it, there again, you, you, you tear up and you goose bump and you fist bump and you know, it's, 5.15 in the morning when I'm watching this and uh, you know I try not to have the TV too loud and my wife's normally up by 5.20 anyway so you know I know when she gets up so I'm trying not to have anything too loud and trying not to get overexcited and yeah when when you see that night owl helmet it it's goosebumps you're just yeah. you know they're actually doing it they're going to bring her back which means they're going to bring Ahsoka back which means they're going to bring Sabine back and it's played by Katie Sackhoff, who did the voice of Bo-Katan, which I thought was pretty awesome. That Because I don't think they do this with Ahsoka. They didn't bring back Ashley Eckstein, but they did bring back Katie Sackhoff to play Bo-Katan. So I don't know what the reasoning is there, but I'm glad that they brought back an actor who actually was doing the voice. There is some consistency there. The, the only reason I could think they did that with her and not Ahsoka is because when you put the helmet on, you could put somebody different in the suit and do all the tricks and do all the physical stuff where you yeah. probably, you can't really do that with Ahsoka. We'll see. I don't know. We don't even know if it's so, well, I guess, it, well, well, we'll get to the end of this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's okay if we jump ahead, but yes. Jump oh ahead. my God. <laughs> so the street fight was pretty cool. So they come back and uh, the squid heads are ready to jump the Mandalorian. For well, you missed a very, very important part in yeah. that whole scene. Yes. The helmet. Yes. You missed the yeah. You skipped yeah, I over skipped the, most, the most important part. Yes, Duh. that yeah. The, the whole episode, I think that, and then when she tells him where the Jedi is, those are the two most important parts of that whole episode. Well, yes. that and when she says that, 
I need this thing from Moth Gideon. A long, long time ago, <laughs> in a uh, Mandalorian planet far, far away, they um, Mandalorians never took off their helmets. And then along the way, I guess they started to, and and then someone came along and started the child of the child of the watch, which is like a cult where they're dedicated to the old ways of doing things where Mandalorians never took off their helmet. Which I, I thought Child of the Watch was more, maybe came off a death watch, but Pre Vizsla always took off his helmet, but you never saw any of the, did, did the uh, troopers, or did they take off their helmets off or was it just Pre Vizsla that took his helmet off? Uh, I think it was just Pre Vizsla. I don't, though I don't remember. It, it's been a minute. It, it hasn't been that long, but it's been long enough to where I'd have to go back and watch it again. So I don't know. I, I thought they were Death Watch or they're somehow tied to Death Watch. Children of the Watch and Death Watch are somehow tied together, but that's just maybe the way my brain is working. Yeah. I don't know. The, the favorite part is they take their helmets off. And then Mando goes into, where the hell did you get that armor? Yeah, take it off. You hear Bo-Katan curse. Yeah. And then you see that you hear the guy go, he's one of them. And you're just, you're like, what's going on? And then you hear Bo-Katan go into the uh, Children of the Watch description. Yep. And this is the way is, this is the way of the Mandalorian, the Mandalore. I guess it's always been that way, but it's kind of more spelled out now that this is the way of the Mandalorian. They're kind of just connecting the dots that when they say this is the way they specifically mean this is the way of the mandalorian the child of the watch this is the way is the way of the the what they're calling themselves mandalorians or mandalore you know even though you you realize real quick that this cult for a lack of better term really has no clue what's going on in the world yeah they're hiding they're they're separate from each other and bo-katan even says at one point separate they're weak together they're strong and that's why she wants to get back to the way things were because she wants to unite clans i'm trying not to jump ahead but yes and then you they they kind of go their separate ways and they and, take off and and who is dank ferrick is it dank ferrick dank ferrick yeah it's something i think that's what they say they keep saying it and it was said in the first episode too oh was it really i missed yeah it. the blue guy kind of makes a, a comment like dink ferrick i'm like who is this person what why are we just hearing about this person it's probably their their curse word or their damn it or whatever because you know you know read in the eu there's a uh, there's a curse word and i i don't know what it is and I, I can't remember it right now but there's it throughout all the books it's this one curse word in rebels zeb kept saying carabash carabash yeah so that was his curse word so star wars has always been Really, they always have really unique curse words because they can't use normal curse words because then they get an R rating or, or whatever, PG-13. And then we wouldn't watch, let our little kids watch it because they're dropping too many curse words. Yeah, when Luke says, blast it, Biggs, where are you? I always thought blast it was a curse word. That damn Luke Skywalker. So then we go back to the street fight where the squid heads are um, jumping the Mandalorian. And because uh, Mandalorians allegedly killed this guy's brother, and that's when the three... Bo-Katan and her two friends jump in and, and save the Mandalorian from having to be a one-on, what, like, eight-people fight. Watching the Mandalorians kick ass in this episode was amazing. Yeah, there was, like, a spin kick on the, the ship right when we first meet Bo-Katan, which I thought, I don't remember if it was her or her friend. When they do the, where they kind of kick and they use a jetpack to propel them into the guy? Yeah, and she's kind of spinning at the same time. I thought that was pretty cool. The music in that scene was awesome. Dude, I love the, and I've been meaning to bring this up, but when it comes to a fight scene, it's like it goes rock and roll or metal or something. You know, they got a blazing guitar in the background yeah. and, you know, just this full-on metal shred guitar. And you're just like, yeah, it's getting ready to happen, getting ready to go down. Yeah, it's working because initially when The Mandalorian came out and we had the new kind of music, it wasn't John Williams. I'm like, what, what is this? This doesn't. But now that we've kind of lived in the show for a while, it feels more like the show. And I think the, the music is really, really good in this this whole show. He's doing a good job, whoever. I, I don't know the composer is, but he's doing it's a good Ludwig job. Ludwig something or other. I don't know his last name. It's, it's very um, German, I think. Well, whoever he is, he's doing a hell of a job with the music. But the Mandalorians want to steal weapons from the Empire. And that's what they need the Mandalorian to help with, is to help them steal it. And then 
if he helps, he's going to get more information, just like he did with uh, the last episode. I guess that's what the whole theme of this is. You help someone and they'll give you information. I, I'm really hoping they get away from this theme because it it's getting too predictable. My brother, um, like I mentioned last week, he's not really into Star Wars, but he's watching this stuff. And he says it feels more like a video game where each episode is a new level with a new mission, new bad guys, new this, new that. And it's just... Um, it doesn't feel as connective, connected, uh-huh. maybe. Um, and I could see that. You know, for, for us, we love Bo-Katan. We love seeing Bo-Katan because we've been in there from day one. And, you know, we know who these characters are. And it's just fun to see it. But for, I guess, someone from the outside, they, they might feel that way. Being a Star Wars fan, I, I'm starting to feel that way. That it's just like, oh, here we go again to get what he needs. He has to help these people out connective tissue that's what i'm looking for that's the word i was looking for but yeah you know what's the connective tissue between all these episodes i think we're finally getting there it's taken three episodes to get there and maybe one more you know here when we get into some of it i I think they opened up a really good subplot in this episode um with bo katan and the other mandos that it we may i would love to see an episode with bo katan just bo katan in it you know we may not even see the mando and the child yeah, you know, I could totally see that happening, where you have the whole subplot of them uh, trying to uh, get all their stuff together. Yeah, I don't think this is the last time we're going to see Bo-Katan. There, there's no way this is the last no. time we're going to see Bo-Katan. No, nope, nope, nope. There's more to come. Yeah, I, and I can't wait. And so uh, we cut to the um, the ship that the weapons are on. The Empire's taking, and we see the man in black. I should have looked his name up. He was in Lost. He was on Bosch. But he's a really good actor and lost. He played the man in black, uh, basically the bad side of the island. But uh, it was cool to see him as an Imperial officer. Yeah, my, my wife asked me, she goes, who is that guy? And she goes, I've seen him somewhere. And I'm like, he's an actor, but he's not Star Wars actor. So she's like, all right, cool. And that's all she needed to know. But uh, that's maybe, if I would have told her lost, she probably would have gotten mad because she's still pissed at the way they ended lost. <laughs> All these years later. All these years later, she refuses to watch anything on Fox because she's like, I hated Sons of Anarchy. I hated Lost. I hate, you know, the way they ended them. So maybe if I tell her that, she'll get mad. Lost was ABC. Was it ABC? Okay. Yeah, so she can watch Fox again. Okay, awesome. Or maybe she can't watch ABC now. I don't know. I don't know. That's your problem, I might. (laughs) <laughs> but then they get on the ship they start kicking some ass and they knock uh stormtroopers off of there and they get into the control room which which is where all the weapons are and the um the imperial officer back there decides to lock them into the control room mm-hmm. um and that control room controls the back door so the mandalorians all they need to do is just open the door and all the stormtroopers and the, the officer flies out the back i love the acting by that guy because he was just it, it was the comic relief, just the right comic relief that, that that episode you needed at that moment because he was he was all like, all right, cool, we're going to get these pirates. And then all of a sudden you see Mando's come up and his attitude just changes. And he's like, oh, shit, you know, lock the door, lock the door, lock the door. And they're like, which door? And they're like, all of them. And then when he finally locks him in the door, he he calls up to the bridge and is like, we've, we've got him, we've got him. And then they all realize what you just said. You locked him in the wrong room and the door bay door opens and they get sucked out and this this is the scene where Bo-Katan uses this is the way as an insult because the Mandalorian so they've decided to take the entire ship not just the weapons and they didn't tell the Mandalorian this and when he questions her about this she says he said something like you're changing the terms or you're changing the uh, the terms of the deal which is almost word for word from the Empire Strikes Back which is another callback to the, the great writing that Jon Favreau is doing and she says, this is the way, like, this is an insult. This is the way we're doing things now. Was it at that moment or when she talks? Yeah. Where yeah, she looks at him and, and is like, he has something that I was once mine that I need to rule Mandalore. And you're like, it's going to happen. You know, yeah. you're like, they brought her back to get the Darksaber back. Yep. And then the next scene is back in the front control room with the guy from Lost and he f- calls in Moff Gideon um, to kind of debrief on what's going on. I can't help you, and you've got to do, you know, you know what to do. And he ends up shooting the two. Is it the, the, it's the co-pilot that sits on the left, but that blonde guy that you could just see the look on his face. He, it may have been a little bit overacting, but you could just tell he knew 
he didn't have long to live. And every right. time something came up, you could just see the look on his face like, uh, yeah, I'm going to die. This is the end of the line. This is the end. This is all this is all she wrote for me. You know, as soon as they say long live the empire and he shoots those two guys, you know, it was a suicide mission at that point. And then so the Mandalorian has to run up to the front with with the three of the other Mandalorians, Bo-Katan and her two. And there was that hallway scene where they're kind of trapped in and they don't know what to do. And the Mandalorian pulls out two bombs and he just runs headfirst down the hallway to throw those bombs and make sure they hit the stormtroopers, which I thought, you know, why would he do that? But, you know, if he wants to go to the child and, and see the child again, he needs to get out of that hallway. And so I think that was his motivation to just, to, you know, run in and, and get it, get the job done. Do you realize how strong Baskar, Beskar is because it doesn't even show any signs of, of gunfire. And stormtroopers are horrible shots because they should have hit in between. I did love that callback when they're sitting on the Razor Crest talking about the mission. And they go, well, there's probably just a, a group of or a platoon or something of stormtroopers. And then the male Mandalorian goes, and they couldn't hit the broadside of a bantha. They're calling it out in the universe now. That whole scene, that, that whole episode was just epic. And then the last bit here is where they break into the control room. The guy from Lost, right before he takes a, it's almost like a cyanide pill in his tooth. He has some sort of electric device that fries his whole body and kills him. She's asking, does he have it? Where is he? And he's like, if you have to ask, you already know he has it. That's when she calls it out by name. And those two moments were just goosebumps. You know, that whole, that, oh God, that whole <laughs> episode was just amazing. You know, yeah. as, as being a, a Mandalorian guy. Wow. Yeah, you see, you see all the weapons and you see the them using their gauntlets and all, you know, all the stuff they put on the gauntlets and you see Bo-Katan's knife come out of the gauntlet. and Oh, yeah. I just, I love when they bring the Mandos in and, and have them fight. Those, those episodes are, are, they make that whole, that whole series for me. And again, going back to what I was saying, you know, the cartoons, they can do whatever they want. You can't do that stuff in a TV series because it's going to be so expensive. But here they are, they're doing it and it looks awesome. And it's like, no, all that stuff in the animated cartoon is real. It, it feels more real now. Puts a stamp of approval on it, I guess, is the best way to put it. And then um, so they get the ship, the Mandalorians have the ship and the Mandalorian himself wants to go back to the child. And that's when uh, Bo-Katan tells him, do you want to say what it was? She tells him where to find Ahsoka. <laughs> Some planet called Caladan. I think I wrote that down right. I need to do a better job of taking notes, man. When I'm watching well, I watched the- it again this morning. I watch it once, <laughs> and then I watch it again, and I just jot down notes so I don't forget things, and I can try to pull the details. Otherwise, I'll forget, too. I watched this episode three times uh, that because I watched it in the morning, and then I watched it Friday afternoon, and then I watched it uh, this afternoon when we got back from being out of town. Yeah. And uh, – yeah, when even my wife, when she says Ahsoka Tano, she's just she's slapping me on the on the leg. Okay, cool. You know who Ahsoka Tano is. You know shit's gonna get really good when she shows up. That was amazing. And I didn't think I'd act that way when I heard her name because I'm like, I know what she is. I know she's Dave Filoni's baby, and he's gonna put her in everything he does. And I didn't think I'd react the way I did when I heard her name again. Yeah, I was jumping. I'm like, yes, yes, Ahsoka, yes. And it's so funny with Ahsoka because she was such an annoying character at the start of it. You know, this little annoying girl that would just say, hey, Sky Guy, and it's like, hey, Snips. And it's like, I don't, I don't care about this. But now, because of Dave Filoni's ability to tell rich stories, you care so much about Ahsoka, who's maybe one of the more popular characters to, to Star Wars fans. I would say people who are in Star Wars, not so much outside. I think if you're outside of Star Wars, you know, you got your Darth Vader's, your C-3PO's, R2-D2's, but it seems like a lot of collectors are really gravitating towards Ahsoka, and I love it. I love I love her mention of it in this episode. I watched Rebels before I watched Clone Wars, so I knew Ahsoka from Rebels. I didn't know her from Clone Wars, and we were at uh, one of the meetups, and they were playing Clone Wars, and I remember asking, I'm like, is she this annoying throughout the whole season? of Clone Wars because I know her from Rebels and she is awesome in Rebels and here she's just being an annoying teenager. Yeah, there's a lot of um, character development in the Clone Wars to the point where she's 
uh, I think what everybody wants to be. I have to give props to Ashley because she she's a great ambassador to Star Wars because a lot of people when they play get shoehorned in their character like that. They just they don't want to deal with it anymore. And she's one that she's running with it. But it doesn't sound like she's going to be in this season. It's it's going to be a different actress. Yeah, the the rumor is Rosaria Dawson is yeah. going to be her. And they've actually, I think on the new Black Series stuff, renderings of Ahsoka are pushing more towards her as Ahsoka than Ashley, as than the Clone Wars Ahsoka. Yeah, so we'll see. I'm, I'm excited to see how, where this goes. But just to wrap up this episode, right before the Mandalorian says, uh, right before he leaves, um, Bo-Katan says, this is the way, but it's more respectful than it was previously used. So it's like the Mandalorian has earned um, her respect. And the last, last shot is... I thought it was funny. The Razor Crest shoots off into hyperspace. And afterwards, after he's shot off, you see this little piece of the, the vehicle just kind of drifting through space. He asked Amon Calamari to fix his ship. And he does such a crap job that when, yeah. he, when he takes off, you see the pieces coming off. And then, yeah, when it's final jump in the hyperspace, it, there's that little piece. It's like held together with string. Right. Yeah. <laughs> string and rope. And you're like, Literally. oh. But, I, you know, you're, I hopefully he'll, he'll get it fixed his next go around. Especially now that they spent $350 on it. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I, I didn't want to get the, one of the reasons why. It's like, geez. He's going to get a ne- new ship next year. Right. Uh, no one. Yeah. Welcome to the world of collecting. I will give this episode four out of four Mandalorian helmets. I thought it was, I thought it was a good episode. Yes, it was a great episode. But yes, oh. four, out, four out of four, you said? Yeah, I'll get four out of four. Yeah, I give it four to four myself because it, it was it was an amazing episode, especially being a Mandalorian guy. It's awesome. And now that we talked about the Bo-Katan wanting the Darksaber back, that I really want Dave Filoni to, to develop that subplot of, of her finding the Darksaber because I think, you know, her going after Moth, Tar, um, Moth Gideon and then the Mandalorian going after Moth Gideon and the meeting in the middle I think it's going to be something like that. And then Ahsoka will come up, you know, and then all, it's just going to end up in this epic battle at the end of the, the season. Um, what, I, what I really yeah. don't want to happen is they drag him hunting Ahsoka down for four or five more episodes. And the last scene right before they fade to black is her turning around. You mean like a last episode cliffhanger? Yes. Yeah. Like they did with the dark saber. There's a lot that I'm just like, where is this going? How are they going to connect things? You know, is he going to bring back Cobb Vanth and put together a posse to go do something at the last episode of the season? Um, you know, is Ahsoka, if we're, you know, if, uh, uh, patterns are repeating itself, is he going to meet Ahsoka? And Ahsoka's like, well, if you want me to tell you where to take this child, you have to do this for me. <laughs> exactly. Maybe. And then they'll end up at tat- back at Tatooine and then there's Bubba Fett and I'm trying to figure out, so, you know, you got Bo-Katan, you got Ahsoka Tano. We don't know where these characters meet their end. Is this show where they're going to see some of that stuff? You know, are we going to see Bo-Katan, you know, possibly die to try to get the Darksaber and the Mandalorian realizes its value and why it's important to Mandalorians and he makes it his mission to get it himself? I mean, you know, Ahsoka, what happens to Ahsoka? Where does she end up? How does she die? Where does she meet her end? Is that what we're going to see throughout this this whole run of this show? I, I hope not. But, I mean, we might. I need to see where the timeline is. We're five years after Return of the Jedi. Okay. And I think we're clear of the last time we've seen some characters. I think Ahsoka, the last shot of Rebels took place, like, around this time, five years after um, Return of the Jedi. Rebels ends, yeah, right before A New Hope, and then it's five years when they wrap it all up, five years later when they wrap it up. And so I think, you know, Sabine Sabine and Ahsoka are out there looking for Ezra, so that's a a thread that we need to tie up. But that takes away from the Mandalorian story. Because then you're like, well, okay, is Thrawn and Ezra going to show up in the Mandalorian? Then that's almost too much fan service. You almost need, you know, maybe they'll do a, instead of it being a subplot of the Mandalorian, maybe it'll be another show. Yeah, I don't want another show invading this show. I think that's the last thing I want to see. I, I, yeah, I feel you on that. And I, I am looking at the timeline and Mandalorian is, yeah, five, five years after Return of the Jedi or after Return of the Jedi. So 
Ahsoka I mean, and, and, and Sabine could be back from, from finding Ezra. She could be taking a break. You, you just, you don't know. I know a lot of people didn't like The Last Jedi, but I did appreciate having some finality to Luke Skywalker's journey. And I think I do want to see how that ends. And I would only want Dave Filoni to tell us how Ahsoka ends. Because I'm sure, I'm sure he's going to do it in a beautiful way. Because the last episode of Rebels was really touching. I cry like a little girl the last five minutes of Rebels just because it's just there you can't get around it. it like you said it's touching it's beautiful it 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 wraps that series up in a nice little bow and then you get a gift at the end where uh Ahsoka and Sabine are going to look for Ezra yeah you know a little nugget that it may it may happen it may not happen and yeah I wonder what happens with the child too you know, where's that story going? Does he find the home planet of Yoda species or does he decide to take the child as his own and the child, maybe the child decides, no, the Mandalorian's my father and I'm a foundling. I don't know. I, I'm really interested to see where the story goes. I, we talk about the minute details of each episode, but the overall story, I'm really, really curious to see what they're doing with it. Cause I'm sure they have it planned out with, if, uh, what's his name? The guy who plays Moff Gideon, Giancarlo. G- Giancarlo Esposito. Giancarlo, yes, thank you. He was saying, you know, season four and five is when we're starting when we're start when we're going to start getting some of the answers that seasons one through three ask. Wow, that's a long that is a long game. Yeah, so we'll see, I, and I'm I'm in for it. Let's do it. Yeah, if they keep writing it like this, let's let's go. Now, do you think that we will see Din Djarin transfer over to Sabine's ways, and you're going to start seeing him without his helmet? It just, <laughs> it just blew my mind. <laughs> I want to say yes. I mean, that's the character development. And I have to say yes, too, but mine is more real world. You don't hire somebody like that to play a character with a mask. He's kind of stuck in his ways. And there is another way. I th- he doesn't know anything about Mandalorian um, history. He doesn't know anything about the Darksaber. Because he's kind of shocked that Mandalorians take off their masks. So if he's shocked about that, he's not going to know anything about the Darksaber. And I think once he starts to learn about the history of his culture, of who he is, he's going to realize that maybe the way he's doing thing, it, the way he's doing things is not the way. I, I 100% agree with that. I think he's, you know, he's going to hang out with Bo, Bo-Katan. And it may, it may take a lot. It may take a little. You never know. He may just one day take it off and realize that it's okay. He thinks if he takes the masks off, if he takes the mask off, he's not a Mandalorian. But I think the Mandalorians are going to respect him. He's going to earn their respect. He's going to earn the respect himself. And he's going to say, I am Mandalorian and I can take this mask off. There's a possibility, especially yeah. if they try to, you know, hey, basically say hey, you've been brainwashed by this cult and, yep. you, you know, the, the, what they're teaching you is not the right way. Because I even said, you know, he was like, well, Mandalore, Mandalore is, is, is no good anymore. It's, you know, the empire destroyed it. It's not, yep. you know, it, it's bad. It's a bad juju. Anybody who goes there dies. And Bo-Katan is like, dude, I just left Mandalore. They did that because it's a control thing. If he goes back and he sees how things are currently a Mandalorian, he's going to be thinking what I've been doing has been a lie. That's sort of the way cults work. I mean, if it's yeah. truly a cult then that they're, they're working the exact way cults work. Yeah, it just got a lot more richer. <laughs> <laughs> and and it, that's what I love about his writing is it's yeah. like that those 30 seconds, it took what, it was less than five minutes in that whole episode and our minds were blown. It's just like the, the mention, the couple of mentions of the Darksaber and the mention of Ahsoka. Those to me were all throwaway lines, but they, we, it weighed so heavily on everything. And it, everything weighs on those five or six lines, 30, 45 minute episode. The other thing I'll say about this season compared to last season, so they have that giant screen, which they call the volume where they film. And I'm sure everybody knows about it because they've seen tons of behind the scenes videos about it. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like they're using it in these past three episodes. I know they're using it. I know it's back there. The Tatooine stuff, you know, it's just a long desert and they're not in the desert. You know, they're not in the deserts. You know, that's the screen. But for the past two episodes, it doesn't feel like a screen. It feels like a real world that they're visiting. And I think it's working. Just the technology they throw into that, that whole up that that whole thing that whole show uh and it is driving disney plus because as much as i love disney plus i wouldn't have it without i don't think i'd have it without the mandalorian yeah so they're you know disney knows what they're doing 
and they know how to take our money and we give it to them willingly and freely. Yeah, Disney Plus is a different discussion because I, I did buy it for like the four-year thing because I knew I was going to be using it and I have kids who, who use it basically every day. I thought there'd be a lot more new content like Netflix and it's just a, like a back catalog at this point. The Mandalorian and then the right stuff if you're into astronauts and, and the space program. That's yeah. an incredible show. I, I really enjoy that one. Uh, so with those two shows, I enjoy having Disney Plus. And yeah, you're right. With the back, it's, it's a backlog right now, but I think COVID has kind of really put the kibosh on a lot of stuff. And now they're just now ramping up production again. Because uh, even Netflix to me has become, there's no new stuff on Netflix. There's no, barely, the only stuff you're seeing on network television is, is uh, reruns. Re- reruns and reality TV. Yeah. And they're just now starting to do shows back into production. As a Mount Calamari might say, it's a wrap. Well, guys, uh, Jason, how can we find you on uh, social media? Yeah, just go Instagram, Jason Wasolko, and you'll find me. Awesome. Look me up, uh, Instagram, Cajun Fett. Uh, email us at smugglersgalaxy at gmail.com. Thanks for everybody that's been downloading the episodes. Uh, send us some feedback. Let us know uh, if there's anything we can change, and this is the way. This is the way.